ginger and peppermint, two flavors with many health effects. Tune in to find out the clinical evidence only here on the People's Scientist Podcast. listening to The People's Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking, to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast for episode 85, where every week I arm us with some scientific evidence so we can all be a little bit smarter and healthier every week. How are you? How has your day been so far? Thank you for welcoming me, welcoming me into your home, your car, workplace, wherever you may be listening right now. And I want to give a little shout out to a few of my listeners that bought me a coffee as a thank you for the podcast. That's Justin, Camilo, and Kieran. It means so much to me that last week, you three bought me a coffee to say thank you for the podcast episodes. Sometimes doing a podcast can be a bit funny because I feel like sometimes I'm just talking to myself while recording. So every once in a while, when you, my listeners, reach out to me, on social media to ask a question, or to say hi, or to make a comment about the episode, it means a lot to me. And it also reminds me that there are other people on the other side listening to me speaking. I mean, I can see on my analytics that people are listening, but that's just a number. So it really is special when I can put a name or a face to my listeners. So if you want to say hi to me on any of my social media platforms, please do. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you want to buy me a coffee to say thank you for the episodes or for the show, all of those details are in the description box attached to this episode. So today, or the day that this episode gets released, will be December 13th. So many of us are in the holiday spirit, and I like to try my best to do timely episodes as well. For example, for Halloween, I spoke about the health effects of cinnamon and pumpkin, For Thanksgiving, I did an episode about turkey. So today, I'm going to talk about some spices or flavors that are common during this holiday time, and that includes peppermint and ginger. When I think of winter holiday flavors, I think of candy canes and gingerbread cookies. What do you think about? So in today's episode, I'm going to answer the question, are there any health effects or health benefits to consuming peppermint and ginger? So let's find out. And as we always do, let's start off with some core takeaways. Most of the clinical data on peppermint is in the context of constipation and stomach pain. Several clinical trials have resulted in findings that specifically looked at the oil of peppermint and how it may be able to partially reduce constipation and abdominal pain. 
the doses of peppermint oil were on average about 180 milligrams per day. Ginger, on the other hand, seems to have more recorded effects on health in individuals. Through many clinical trials, scientists have concluded that intake of ginger may benefit nausea, markers of inflammation, symptoms of arthritis, and blood glucose levels. Doses ranged from 250 milligrams to 4 grams of ginger per day. No severe side effects have been noted for either peppermint or ginger intake at these doses listed in the clinical trials. So there is a little something nice to know about some holiday spices or flavors. Perhaps a little more reason to enjoy those flavors this holiday season. Now, let's get into the details. When I was researching the health effects of peppermint, the one condition that came up the most there, or that was studied the most in the context of peppermint was irritable bowel syndrome. So first, let's start off by defining what irritable bowel syndrome is. Irritable bowel syndrome unfortunately affects many people. It is a set of chronic symptoms that affect the stomach and the intestines. The symptoms include stomach pain and altered bowel habits like diarrhea, constipation, or mix of both. Now, this is different from inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's or colitis. Now, the cause of irritable bowel syndrome can be hard to detect because it may be related to a multitude of factors such as genetics, food or water intake, stress, medications, inflammation, just to name a few. So the question is, can peppermint help symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome? Well, Alamar and colleagues in 2019 in the journal BMC, Complementary and Alternative Medicine, conducted a meta-analysis that put together 12 different randomized controlled trials with a total of 835 participants with the goal of understanding if peppermint could improve symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome. In these randomized controlled trials, they specifically investigated the oil from peppermint. Why? Well, it appears that peppermint oil contains a good amount of the fat-soluble compounds like monoterpenes and particularly menthol. So after pulling together 12 clinical trials, the scientists concluded that peppermint oil intake resulted in the participants to be 2.36 times more likely to report an improvement in their symptoms of abdominal pain, constipation, or diarrhea versus the placebo group. So that's a pretty remarkable finding. So let's go through the details of one of the clinical trials included in this meta-analysis, shall we? CASH in 2016 conducted a randomized, double-blinded, placebo-controlled clinical trial, so a well-designed clinical trial, in 72 participants to see if peppermint oil could improve symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome. This peppermint oil in particular was coated in capsules so that the peppermint would be released further along the intestinal tract instead of in the stomach like typical. The participants were asked to take 180 milligrams of peppermint oil in capsules every day or a placebo for four weeks. The participants scored their symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome at baseline 24 hours and 28 days after taking the peppermint oil or placebo every day. At the 28-day mark, the placebo and peppermint oil groups both improved, so there was a bit of a placebo effect here, hence the need for always a placebo-controlled trial. 
but the peppermint oil group improved more. Specifically, their symptoms improved by nearly 20% more versus the placebo group. Overall, they saw a 40% improvement in symptoms. So not a complete absence of symptoms, but a partial improvement. Interestingly, even at 24 hours, the participants exhibited some benefits in symptoms as well. So which symptoms improved the most? Well, it appears that constipation and pain during a bowel movement seem to improve the most with 180 milligrams of daily peppermint oil intake. So how might peppermint be having this benefit? Well, peppermint oil is rich in a compound called menthol, which could be having some effects on the health and functioning of the intestines. For example, there is a small amount of evidence that menthol may block calcium channels in the smooth muscles of the intestines, it may reduce intestinal inflammation, and it may act on serotonin in the intestines to impact motility or movement of products in the intestines as well. Menthol may also act on TRPM8 receptors in our body. Now these are coined the cool receptors that sense colder temperatures. Well, this cool receptor might be interesting to study in the context of many conditions, including intestinal health, as well scientists are looking at this cool receptor as a target for new treatments as well for asthma, bladder health, and hypothermia as well. So perhaps in the future, we'll see some evidence come out on this topic. So are there any side effects to taking peppermint oil? In clinical trials, the side effects in the peppermint oil group were not significantly more than the placebo group, but the side effects reported included heartburn, dry mouth, belching, a peppermint taste, rash, dizziness, headache, and increased appetite. But these may also be just random side effects because they were also observed in the placebo group as well. Okay, so how about the other common flavor during the holiday season? That is ginger. There's a lot more clinical evidence on ginger. When I think of ginger in the holiday season, I think of gingerbread cookies, gingerbread houses, gingerbread lattes, etc. So what are some of the health effects of consuming ginger? Well, a great portion of the clinical data on ginger has been studied in the context of nausea and stomach pain. For example, Bodag in the journal Food Science and Nutrition in 2018 noted that smaller doses of ginger divided up throughout the day, totaling 1,500 milligrams per day, is very likely to have benefit for nausea. Ginger may also have some anti-inflammatory properties. In the journal Cytokine last month, scientists conducted a meta-analysis that added together 16 randomized controlled trials that included 1,010 participants to understand if consuming ginger every day could improve markers of inflammation in the blood of participants. The scientists noted that ginger intake specifically and significantly reduced inflammatory molecules such as C-reactive protein and TNF-alpha. The amount of ginger consumed in these trials ranged from 1 to 3 grams per day, and results were seen as early as 4 weeks. Let's look at the most recent clinical trial that was included in this meta-analysis. RAFI this year published in the journal Clinical and Experimental Gastroenterology, a randomized controlled trial in 46 participants with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. The participants were to take three capsules of dried ginger, which totaled 1.5 grams of ginger every day for 12 weeks, 
or they took a placebo every day for 12 weeks. The participants saw an improvement in an inflammatory marker, C-reactive protein, by 34%, whereas the placebo group only improved by 6%. The participants also saw an improvement in their fasting blood glucose by 8%, whereas the placebo group saw negligible improvement. So it appears that consuming ginger every day may have benefit on inflammation markers. So whenever I read that something may reduce markers of inflammation in the blood, it makes me wonder if it has been studied in the context of chronic inflammatory conditions like arthritis. So I looked for this in the literature, and for example, in the journal Gene last year, scientists conducted a randomized controlled trial in 63 participants that lived with rheumatoid arthritis to see if consuming 1,500 milligrams, which is 1.5 grams, of ginger powder every day, if that could improve their symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. And they also wanted to look at the mechanism and to see if consuming ginger every day could impact genes involved in inflammation. So those patients that were taking ginger every day had a 27% improvement in their disease activity score or symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis whereas the placebo group improved by only 5%. So the difference between the placebo and ginger group was 22%. The scientists also observed changes in the expression of particular genes, including increases in FOXP3 gene expression and decreases in TBET gene expression. So that is the potential mechanism by which ginger may be reducing symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis in this clinical population. How about other forms of arthritis, such as osteoarthritis? Well, there was a review based on five clinical trials with a total of 593 participants that concluded that daily ginger intake may also reduce symptoms of osteoarthritis, as those taking ginger every day were more than twice as likely to stop taking medications for their osteoarthritis versus the placebo group. And that was because of a reduction in their symptoms of osteoarthritis. Now, I had mentioned earlier that scientists also noted an improvement in fasting blood glucose in a clinical trial with ginger intake. So let's look more into that. A review was written in 2018 in the journal Critical Reviews in Food Science and Nutrition. The scientists included 14 different clinical trials that totaled 473 participants who were overweight or obese in order to understand if consuming ginger could help with body weight, high cholesterol, and high blood glucose levels. Now, the amount of ginger taken in these clinical trials ranged from 250 milligrams to 2 grams per day, primarily in ginger powder form in capsules. The scientists concluded that ginger intake was able to moderately lower body weight, improve waist-to-hip ratio, reduce fasting blood glucose, and increase HDL, or the good cholesterol. However, there seemed to be no significant effect on insulin levels, triglycerides, LDL, or total cholesterol. Similarly, in the journal Medicine, Huang and colleagues last year combined together eight randomized controlled trials conducted in patients living with type 2 diabetes. Participants were asked to consume 1.6, up to 4 grams of ginger per day across the various clinical trials. The scientists concluded that HbA1c, that gold standard measurement of long-term blood glucose control, may improve with ginger intake in patients with type 2 diabetes. Now, by how much did ginger improve HbA1c levels? 
It ranged from about 5 to 15% of an improvement. So for example, in one of the clinical trials, the participants' HbA1c at baseline was 8.4. And after 12 weeks of consuming 1,600 milligrams or 1.6 grams of ginger every day, their HbA1c decreased to 7.3, whereas the placebo group worsened from 8.1 to 8.6. So this trial has quite good results, indicating that ginger intake every day may have benefit on blood glucose control. And this was supported by several different clinical trials. So how may ginger be having these benefits on inflammation, nausea, and blood glucose? Well, ginger is rich in many phenolic compounds, such as gingerol, peridol, and shogayol. There are also more than 40 antioxidants that have been extracted from ginger. Marks in 2016 reviewed extensively how ginger may impart benefits by modulating serotonin in the intestines, by blocking acetylcholine receptors, and ginger and its compounds may also modulate cellular redox signaling, vasopressin release, gastrointestinal motility, and gastric emptying rate. So in a way, ginger and its compounds may impact several different processes in the body. Ginger is like a really great superintendent or maintenance person of a building that can do many tasks and fix many things, as opposed to someone in a specialized role that only has one task. Ginger seems to be like that all-around helpful person that can impact many different things. So are there any negative side effects to taking ginger? Well, in individuals who take anticoagulants or blood thinners, there is a small possibility that ginger would further decrease coagulation. However, many people on anticoagulants still do consume ginger. So it is just something to keep in mind and to have monitored by your physician should you choose to add ginger to your daily routine if you are also on an anticoagulant. Otherwise, there were no significant adverse events reported in doses up to 4 grams per day in the clinical trials. So that is a wrap, my people scientist army. Ginger and peppermint, our holiday flavor episode. Through several clinical trials, doses of on average 180 milligrams of peppermint oil may partially reduce symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome, such as reducing the pain during a bowel movement and reducing constipation. There is a lot of clinical evidence on the health effects of ginger, as scientists have provided evidence that intake of ginger may reduce nausea, markers of inflammation in the blood, symptoms of arthritis, and blood glucose levels. So there we go, a little more reason to enjoy some peppermint and ginger this holiday season, or any day in fact. Okay, my people scientist army, that is it for me today. I hope that this episode provided some interesting and useful information for you. I know I learned a couple new things today, and I hope that you did too. Make sure to follow me on social media where every week I post extra information and some of the clinical trials on the week's topic. If you have the choice as to which social media platform to which you follow me on, I post more information on Instagram because Instagram allows me to post both videos and images of the clinical trials in the same post. So it's just easier to post on Instagram, whereas the other platforms do not let me do that. I have to post a video separate from pictures of the studies, but I'm working on trying to post the studies more 
on my other social media platforms. I think I just have to post them separately. But regardless, I hope that you all have a wonderful and healthy week. And I look forward to meeting you all back here the same time and same place next week on the People Scientist Podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates. Thank you.